Now it's time for Rod and Reel Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase proud crappie or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. Hey, and thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to Rod Real Radio. I am your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy, and we want to welcome you to another jam-packed show of Rod Real Radio. Man, we've got some great guests lined up for you tonight. Yeah, starting off uh, right here at five o'clock, we're going to have. Mr. John Boss, he's owner of Balloon Fisher King. We're going to go over the balloon fishing system that he's created, talk about the uh, benefits of fishing it here in our Southern California waters, and come up with some specific methods of using the balloon fishing system that you'll want to know about. And then along with our regular segments with Phil Friedman, Captain McDiamond, and Captain James Nelson, at 6 o'clock I've got Mr. Tony Sozo with us. And Tony is the champion of the 2000. 15 San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament, and I'm going to give you a little hint. Of a field of about 139 boats, he was the only guy in the open division fishing on a kayak, and he won it. So we're going to find out about that, but Tony is also an avid angler and has a rich tradition in fishing, so we're going to find out all about Tony's uh, background and some of the fishing methods he's using right now. And then if we can catch up with him, because darting across the desert, uh, the Arizona desert, it's Mr. Joe Uribe, and he is the Rayovac FLW Series Lake Havasu champion. He just won that championship on Lake Havasu here uh, yesterday, fishing against 259 boats. It was a big competition, a big, big win for local Joe Uribe Jr. So hopefully we can catch up with him as he's streaking across the desert. But before we go into that, let me introduce to you the co-host of Ron Real Radio. He is a voice of 1-800-Bass Boat, and he's a particularly good fisherman in his own right. Mr. Stan Vanderberg. Stan, how you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, John. Good evening. Good evening, everybody. It's been a good weekend. A little, a little damp in our neighborhood up here, which is good. I mean, we're a little further north, or I am a little further north, and I was a little further north than this yesterday morning when they said, "Ah, it'll probably come in later in the evening," and they were wrong. Oh, <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, I went on up to the San Fernando Valley also, and we left great weather here in San Diego just to be in the schmaltz up there. But we need the rain really bad. We but do. more importantly. They're getting it in Northern California, and that's where most of our water does come from. So that's a good thing, but we can sure use it on our lakes over here. So We need a lot. 
Let's hope we get some. Hey, let me also introduce to you the other host of Rod and Reel Radio. She is the sales manager for Iser Line Fishing Line, and she is a rep for many fine products in the fishing industry, and she is a premier outdoor sportsman herself. Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, how you doing, ma'am? Are you there, Wendy? Mm. I got it. I'm here. There I'm we here. go. <laughs> um, I was, I'm, I'm sitting here in uh, pretty Santa Barbara. It's gorgeous over here. Yesterday, we were um, helping out at a junior pheasant hunt and also gave uh, some knot tying and casting instructions and out in the rain. But it was fun. Had a good time. All right. Perfect. And, and Wendy, I, I understand just briefly you've been dealing with someone that has a very, very sore paw. How's that doing? No, he's doing much better. He has a cast all the way up past his elbow. Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Hey, guys, let's bring on our first guest because this is a product I'm always excited on. It's a newer product out on the market. It's been out here for a couple of years, but the fishermen are taking it to it real well. Both the kayak guys and the guys that are fishing on the boats and the tuna fishermen. Mr. John Boss from Balloon Fisher King. John, how are you doing tonight, sir? Hey, John, I'm, real, I'm doing real good. How about yourself? Uh, hey, we are doing great. Hey, John, for, for people that have been uh, living in a cave or under the rock for the past couple of years and they don't know exactly what the balloon fishing uh, system is from Balloon Fisher King, can you kind of quickly go over its inception and, and tell us about the system itself? Yeah, you sure happy to do that. Um, up in your neck of the woods, I mean, I think you've got a pretty strong following of traditional uh, anglers that use balloons, and for those that aren't familiar with it, it's the balloon is a, is a float. It basically serves as a bobber uh, or a float, and they're actually pretty pretty effective when it comes to live bait. Uh, live bait fishing, uh, it lets your bait swim and move very naturally, and you can also use wind or current to convey that bait to a desired area or keep it away from the boat. Quite honestly, that's what happens when you're going to put live bait out, it's going to want a duck for cover, and quite often that's underneath your boat if you're drifting or anchor down. And so that's what the uh, the purpose of the balloon is, is to serve as a very effective flotation device for your live or dead bait. Um, but there are, some, there are some inconveniences with fishing with balloons. Traditionally, usually anglers are going to tie a balloon on to the line, or they're going to use rubber bands or swivels or a number of jerry-rigged methods I've seen and heard about everything. And that's what makes Balloon Fisher King very unique, is it's just a spring-loaded plastic clip that you can really attach and remove your line, your balloon to the line in a matter of seconds. Um, you don't have to battle with the knot. You don't have to battle with the balloon up through the guide. Not just attaching that balloon, but also removing it more specifically, uh, Usually that's the, the last thing you want to deal with when you're when you're battling an angry sea bass or a, a tuna or over here a shark or kingfish or whatever. Uh, and it's just a real quick press of the button, and that and that clip and the balloon are removed from the line. It also gives you precision for bait depth control, so you can adjust the depth of that balloon and therefore the bait wherever you want it to be in the water column below the surface, or if you want to. Dr- add your sinker of choice to drop it down over structure, it gives you that capability as well. So it's really, in a nutshell, it's a very convenient way to uh, attach and remove a balloon to fishing line, very adjustable, precision, depth control, and it's also reusable. This is not a one-and-done balloon clip. 
It's made with a very durable uh, polycarbonate plastic. You can get a lot of miles out of it. I've got a lot of customers that bought, bought their first pack a year ago, and they're still using those clips over and over again. So, uh, you know, high-quality uh, high quality balloon fishing rig, that's for sure. I know some of the people are probably going to ask a question about, you know, what kind of clip is it? Is it going to fray the line or put a dent in it or anything? Any any adverse uh, adhesion that, that would happen to the line from the clip? Yeah, that's, that's a good good question, Stan. I've had a lot of folks asking that, especially a lot of competitive anglers, the big shark fishermen that fish the shark tournaments or king tournaments. And although it is a, it's a hard, durable plastic, the polycarbonate is, it has no abrasive or jagged materials in it, so it's not going to cut or nick the line. Really what it does is it's got two contact points within a cavity and a pretty burly stainless steel spring behind that that when you press the button and then release it, it just grips the line. Uh, so there's not a, ever been any instances of cutting or fraying the line. It's got a lot of versatility to it as well. I mean, you can use it on mono all the way from 15 pounds all the way up to 130 pounds. Uh, I've got wow. sword fishermen and shark fishermen. They're using 50-pound mono, 80-pound mono, also get into the braided, a lot of versatility on that. I've actually had some freshwater anglers that use it for crappie fishing as well, same, same principle. Uh, it's, a, it's a live bait, you know, whether you use a minnow or a small bait, small live bait where they're using 10- or 12-pound mono and no instances, and it grips that very well and holds the bait exactly where they want it. Uh, John, how about the, the balloon itself? Uh, let's say the the balloon pops or you lose it, and you know a lot of fishermen, uh, especially nowadays, are afraid of throwing things overboard or losing things overboard that it might be picked up by some other animal or a bird or or a marine creature or whatever it is. Uh, uh, is there anything special about that balloon that uh, uh, fishermen can stand at at ease knowing that if they lose that balloon, uh, they're not uh, adversely affecting the environment? Uh, that's a good question, John. Uh, we don't use what I call party store balloons for balloon fisher king uh, products. We only use 100% natural latex, and that's very different. I mean, a lot of your party store balloons, nearly all of them, they're an inferior synthetic latex. They have plastic materials included in them. You kind of get what you pay for. You're going to get 25 for a buck, um, but they pop and tear quite easily often when you're just blowing them up or tying them onto the line if you're, if you're using that application. Ours are 100% natural latex. There are no synthetic materials in them. It's just a thicker latex, bottom line. And in, in, a, in a lot of situations, um, I've done it a number of times where we've been offshore just a couple miles off the beach, and we've got the kids there using sabiki rigs uh, pulling up our live bait for us, and we're putting them out with a number of balloons out, we'll use the same balloons all day long. Hmm. And when we, land, when we land that fish, then we'll press the button, take the balloon off, put it in the live bait well, land the fish with that same balloon and clip back on again. So, um, you know, it, it's almost a reusable balloon, and then at the end of the day we, we dispose of them like they should be. About the only situation where you're going to have a pop or a tear is when you've got a big monster strike. If you've got, a, you know, a thresher shark or a mako or a big bluefin tuna or something like that, and you're using the balloon because they just have such a, a hard run or a deep run. The balloon will tear uh, versus pop. It's just that upward water pressure. But the clip is designed really to hold most of the knot and the neck. So you're going to have, of the balloon, you're going to have very little that's released into the water, and that which is, because it's natural latex, it's a biodegradable latex balloon. Great. Hey, John, uh, uh, you know, you're the manufacturer 
Uh, we've sold uh, a lot of the kits here at Angler's Arsenal, and I know the dealers in San Diego, there's a lot of them that also have it. They've got their stories. But uh, have you heard any stories that you, uh, you scratch your head and you go, wow, that's amazing, and my product was involved with it? Yeah, I have. Um, the shark fishermen uh, all up and down the eastern coast have really, really jumped on this thing because that, that's, they commonly use uh, balloons, whether it's from the beach or from the pier. But a lot of your big shark fisher tournaments, big money uh, guys, there, especially up in New Jersey, Delaware, you get into Montauk, those areas, there's some really big shark tournaments up there. And typically that's what they do is they use balloons and they're using dead bait, um, you know, a big tuna head or a bonita or something like that. They've got a big chum slick. And then they're dropping that bait down into the chum stick, uh, chum slick. And these these guys have just kind of been all over this, like, you know, just tremendously. Um, for that very reason, using balloons as they have, having to deal with that knot or an unpopped balloon in the guide of the rod, when you've got a really angry 400, 500, 600-pound mako shark or thresher shark or something like that, um, usually it involves they have to break that latex, that balloon off, which can be painful when the water's cold. And so this is just a godsend for them, just just pressing that button, getting out of the way, and then allowing their team to land that big that big game fish shark. You know, John, out here we have uh, a tremendously popular kayak uh, program going and uh with the great weather that we've been having here uh, for our winter, the guys have been going out and they've been uh, fishing still the big yellowtail, the white sea bass, calico bass. And one of the things that they use the balloon uh, Fisher King system for is that if they want to drift what we call mini max, which are, you know, small mackerel that uh, they've made themselves, or even if they have um, a dead squid that they hook on up, they can hook that up and they can set the depth that that bait goes and then just have it drip, drift out above the kelp frongs. You know, a live bait will go down into that and swim around into it, and a lot of times if you get hooked up, you're well into that uh, kelp. But with the Balloon Fisher King system and the, uh, uh, the measured depth that that bait is going, uh, it stays in an area, and as soon as they're bit, you know it, and it gives you a better chance to, to catch the fish. Yeah, we've had we've had uh, the same interest over here on the East Coast. Of course, we don't have to deal with the kelp beds over here, but, you know, we've got big schools of pogies or menhaden, um, pilchards down in Florida, mullet all up and down the East Coast, and the same thing for the kayak angler. It's, it's a very effective live bait flow, uh, precise depth control, being able to convey that bait away from the kayak out into the strike zone. But for the kayak angler, it's all about space efficiency as well. And you've just got this little pack, um, you know, versus your traditional floats, styrofoam floats, things like that. Uh, every square inch counts on those kayaks. So it's not only is it pretty deadly as a live bait float, but also very efficient with all the other equipment they've got out out on, on their on their yak. Um, in addition to that, I've had a number of kayak anglers that have figured out another use uh, for the clip. They use that clip, and they'll they'll have one line, which is for the live bait float, but they'll, they'll use the clip and put a loop line with a very light sinker, one ounce, two ounce, and they'll use that for the down line. So it's a real quick and easy uh, 
downline clip as well. So they've got their two lines out, once that's maybe 8 to 10 foot down below the surface and another one under a balloon just a, a couple feet under the surface so they're able to, to fish in the water column. Now, John, tell us about the different packaging uh, that these systems come in because you just don't have one pack. You have uh, some variety packs uh, for different applications. Yeah, what we have is uh, we have a, a starter pack, which is uh, basically one clip, and that's more for somebody that wants to try it out uh, or it's the kayak fisherman or the surfer pier fisherman. Uh, I also have the Pro Pack, which are the best sellers, and those have five clips. That's more for your offshore angler, more of the heavy user. And then I also have balloon refills. If you've got plenty of clips, uh, because they are reusable, you can use them again and again, but you just need the 100% natural high-quality uh, latex balloons. I've got refill packs on the balloons. But the difference is I've got different balloon sizes as well, and your listeners may ask why would I need different balloon sizes. It has to do with a different bait. Sure your shark anglers your shark anglers or your big uh, tuna anglers, uh, sword fish, uh, sword fishing. I mean, obviously, they're going to use a much larger bait. That's what the 9-inch balloon is for. You can put a lot more air in it. Whereas more your your smaller live bait or smaller dead bait, that's what the 5-inch balloon is for. All right. John Boss from the Balloon Fisher King. John, if people can't get out to their dealers, so if they want to find out more information about the Balloon Fisher King system, where can they go to get that information? Yeah, John, all the dealer locations out there in Southern California are on the website, www.balloonfisherking.com. There's a dealer locator. They can punch in their zip code and find find out the nearest tackle store that's carrying it nearby. And there's also a lot of really useful how-to-use demo videos on there. If you go to the, the how-to-use page on the website, you can. there's some real quick short videos that are, that are very informational, not just saltwater but freshwater and I've got a lot of those videos on the Facebook site as well. And you can find us on Facebook at Balloon Fisher King. Right. And uh, for you uh, fishermen planning to go to the Fred Hall Show in Long Beach starting March the 4th, we will have the Balloon Fisher King system in the angler's booth so you can take a look at and we'll have them at a great price so you can purchase and try them on out. Hey, John, thank you so much for being with us and staying up late. I know you're missing the Grammy Awards, but we appreciate you taking the time to... Give us more information about the, the Balloon Fisher King system. Thanks again for having me, John. Let's do it again soon. All right. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and myself hop along. We're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Phil Friedman with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? But stay tuned. We've got a break for a few commercials. We'll be right back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford 
knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specialty heat treater to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Rod Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Hey, before we get with Phil Friedman, our 6 o'clock guest, Tony Salza, has walked in the door, and he's got the microphone on. Tony, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio, sir. Thank you, John. Thanks for having me. Boy, uh, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun talking about uh, your fishing background and talking and the Bay Bass Tournament, but I thought I'd bring you aboard because I know you've got more fishing information in your little pinky than I'll ever have in my whole life. So <laughs> welcome aboard and, and jump into the conversation anytime you like. Okay, I will. Thank you. All right. And now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Thinking? And this is brought to you by PFL Radio. And it's the voice, Phil Freedom himself. Phil, how's everything in your part of the world? 
It's going absolutely fantastic. John, how are you? It's good to be with you again. Thank you, Phil. I mean, are, are we in the middle of summer fishing or what? I mean, it doesn't even get this good during the summer when it comes to our saltwater offshore and inshore bite. Oh, my God. You know, I, and even when I take a walk here on the beach and I go past somebody, I, I have to say to them, you know, it's February, don't you? It's like 80 degrees and we're walking on the beach in the early morning, and it really has been spectacular. You're so right. I mean, it's beyond belief, really, what continues to go on out on Cortez Bank. That bite out there is still very good. The tribute at midweek with over a buck on the bluefin tuna at 100 on the bluefin tuna, 100-plus. Other boats out there have been getting 20 to 60. The Thunderbird's on a bite right now out there out of Davies Locker, and he's got good fishing going on. I don't know that he's going to get up to a hump, but he's got some excellent fishing. The Toronado, Don Ashley called me the other day, and he goes, you know, I'm under all this pressure to get my boat work done. Usually I would just wait until <laughs> March 1st for the Rockfish opener, but he said we just, you know, got all hands on deck, got our boat work done, and we're going next week. And so he's back in operation. So, it's really incredible out there on mostly 15 to 30 pound bluefin tuna that at times will bite the 25 to 30 pound, but in most cases are a little line shy. They want that 15 to 20 pound test. Stan will remember those days in the Santa Monica Bay where we dropped down to an eight hook and fished 12 pound to catch BFT in the Santa Monica Bay back in the day. And it's not quite to that point, but a lot of times choosing a good hot bait and going to the light line will help. A lot of smallish yellowtail mixed up with it. Uh, occasional decent yellow, but most of the fork out there that are breezing around are on the smaller side. Uh, and I know you probably covered Collinette in that area, but I just want to mention, John, that it still remains excellent. A minimum of 50 yellows on the boat most of the time. Wow. In a lot of cases, those guys are getting limits. And then you throw on top of that beautiful red fishing, some big lings, great fishing on the dropper loop, and it doesn't get much better than that. San Diego local yellow still biting well. Around La Jolla, the half-day boats have been doing great. And down at the island, still very good fishing. And we see yellow strewn up and down the coast in several other areas. Bite the yo-yo iron. I'm talking about Oceanside, Dana Point. Not wide open in either one of those areas, but still there's yellows around. And I, and I think that they could fire up at any point in time. You just don't know. Private boaters here out of Long Beach, San Pedro, out fishing in an area we call the 150 out by the rigs. And they are catching fish. Some of the sports have been out there looking at it. But, again, they've had some fairly good sand bass fishing to keep them busy. And then the new Del Mar out of Marina Del Rey sports fishing with 50 on the yellows yesterday. A little bit better than that. Channel Islands, a few yellowtail up there. So, as you just said, John, it's just beyond belief. And I've got to think that if somebody went down on the beach during these full moons here, probably in January and February, you'd probably run into a whole bunch of grunion. I mean, that's how crazy it is. Everything just seems to be accelerated this that would year. Be, that would be pretty unique, but it would be, it's not outside the box right now because everything's a little outside the box. Catching Yellowtail and Marina Del Rey in, in uh, January is, and February is nuts. Oh, hey, and Stan, we've got some firsthand experience with Wendy. Wendy, you had a chance to get out there and get in the action yourself. Tell us about what you did. You know, we, I was able to get out for a few hours, and I knew the bite was going to be in the morning, but I just couldn't get out, so I went out in the afternoon, and uh, I hooked up to a nice 30.9-pound yellowtail in my backyard. Oh, I mean, kidding. shoot, I wasn't, I wasn't even, you know, I, it, it was just right out of my backyard. And uh, had the fight of my life because I had my bass rod that I caught it on. <laughs> <laughs> it killed me. I got my butt. 
Oh man, oh, Wendy, how did get a kick? That's the right way to get her done. <laughs> <laughs> and Wendy, how did uh, how did you catch that fish? Uh, you know, I was throwing throwing iron, you know, heavy because the fish are in two hundred and twenty to two hundred and forty feet, and it just wasn't getting it done. So I went out and threw a uh, mega bait type jig out and uh, figured ah, I'll play with some sand bass or something. And before it hit the bottom. I hooked up to a nice yellowtail. Whoa. Nice. That is nice. <laughs> Phil, uh, pound cast. Phil, from what you're uh, hearing, uh, these yellowtail, are they being caught fly lining bait? Are they being caught yo-yoing, surface iron, or all the above? First of all, ni- understatement of the year, 15-pound test, a 30.9-pound yeah. local yellowtail. <laughs> Wendy, that is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. What Thank the you. heck were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah, what the heck is Wendy thinking? Not Bill yeah. Friedman. That guy's a nut anyway. Yeah. Um, a lot of yo-yo iron fish. Fish are deep, it seems like, in most cases. But a lot of yo-yo iron fish, uh, if you look down at Colinette, they're biting that well. On the 150, they're biting that well. It sounds like Wendy probably got bit that way. Occasionally, you'll see some fish up on the surface, puddling around and boiling around. But for the most part, that has been... The best way, dropper looping it or yo-yo iron down deep is where these sports seem to be here in the winter time. Something that you find in Baja all the time, like if you fish down there around Laredo, a lot of times you'll go up to Pulpito Reef or one of those areas, and you'll drop down to the bottom with a heavier sinker, and you'll be able to catch those yellows that way. So it's like, it's as if, I mean, it really is like Cabo San Lucas here off Southern California because I mentioned when you were out uh, uh, on your celebrating your anniversary, John, and happy anniversary once again from all of us here, but. I mentioned that Sean Morgan was out, caught a yellowtail on the 150, and a guy not too far from him hooked and lost a marlin. I mean, that's <laughs> Cabo and Lucas-esque. Yeah. It's, you know, you're catching yellows and marlin. That's what they do in Cabo during the wintertime, and it's absolutely crazy. Now, uh, Phil, we've had an influx of the red crab for the past few weeks. Are those red crabs still around? Yeah, they are. In fact, I believe... We're starting to see more and more of it. I hear it all the time. I hear the guys that are cleaning fish are finding them in the yellowtail bellies and everything else. And, uh, boy, that goes back to a time also in the past where we saw some outstanding fishing, and it's a magnet to attract all kinds of different species of fish. So, yeah, we are seeing that, John. And, and that's evidence of warm water, and just uh, I think it sets up for a phenomenon. You know, we talked about how 2014 was perhaps the best year in, some people say, a century, sometimes uh, we get a little carried away, but I mean, I've never heard of fishing like we had in 2014, but 2014 didn't start out like 2015, and if, the only thing I think that can be better than 2014 at, the, at this point is going to be this year. If this keeps up, uh, it is just going to boggle the mind. I can't believe we're not going to see a few more skins up this way, some who up here. I can't believe we're not going to see more blue marlin. A lot can change. I understand that, but we are just headed right looking down the barrel of an incredible year, and it has been just a phenomenal winter so far. You know, if you look at the yellowtail that's along our coast, you know, what, 15 years ago, um, maybe 15 years ago, the yellowtail that were, you know, used to hang out at the oil derricks and stuff, the oil rigs, they were only in the 12, 15-pound range. We're getting nice, you know, 25, 30-pound local fish. That's amazing. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's absolutely true. It's not that we're catching a lot of yellows. It's the quality that you talk about that 30.9 pound yellowtail. 
that is a cedrus. That, that's a Guadalupe fish. That's a big fork. And, and to be catching them so close to home in the wintertime here is really exceptional. And it's a great time for anglers to get out and try their luck because it. I, I, I don't know when this is going to repeat again. I mean, I, I think it's going to repeat this year, but God knows when it will be back again. And I think people should take advantage of this incredible fishing. Hey, I agree. Let Wendy, me I think, the... Wendy, I think that when the, when the warm water comes in, I got all the Wahoo gear. I think you and Merritt and I ought to go out in your boat and try to catch the first Wahoo in Ventura County. <laughs> That'll be fun. All right, I'm for it. <laughs> hey, guys, let me uh, bring in uh, our, our special guest, uh, Tony Salazar. Tony uh, has been fishing the local waters over here since Christ was an ensign and uh, fishing commercially and on the bait barges and everything. Tony, do you ever remember a season like this? Gosh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it like this. I mean, just a few years ago, uh, just down there in, uh, off the rock pile, you know, we were getting them in February. And for about three, four months like that, San Diego and a couple of other boats. But, I mean, this year, I mean, it's spitting distance. Uh, I was out two uh, Thursdays ago, and right there at the 270, straight out from the Mission Beach uh, jetties, uh, we got a couple there, a 20 and a 22-pounder water, 63-degree wa- uh, water temp, flat calm, whales all over. Um, can't beat that. I mean, this fish, good, great fish, and there's some 20, 30-pounders down there. I opened them up, and they were jam-packed with red crab. One had a lizard fish. Uh, didn't see anything else in it, but it was just jam-packed with uh, red crab. Red I couldn't crab. believe it. You know, uh, Phil, uh, in talking with uh, uh, Jake Kemsley on the tribute, uh, they've been going out to the Cortez Bank, and they said one of their big problems, they can't get to the bluefin because there's so many yellowtail out there that the yellowtail are getting on there and, and uh, beating the bluefin to the baits. I saw that Jake had that kind of a day here recently where they had over 100 yellows before they had caught a bluefin, <laughs> and uh, it's pretty incredible. I mean, that's a, uh, talk about good problems and bad problems. That's a pretty good problem. You know, going on an overnight trip here where you go out on a, you know, you get on the boat in the evening, you go out, you fish for one day, and you have to suffer through catching that many yellowtail and then some bluefin and maybe coming back and catching some rockfish and then, and then getting up the next morning. That this is just insanely good for for, for fishing, uh, it, and it's looking like it's going to continue here. This is pretty. Did I even heard that this is rumor? But I don't know. Somebody said that there were red crabs in Newport Harbor. Oh, I can believe that. Wow. So, yeah, and, and are uh, I don't know about the red crabs. Are they plankton? I'm, they've got to be plankton eaters. So they're following warm water blooms because. You know, from the uh, terrafin maps that we're taking a look at uh, around the Cortez Bank, boy, there's clean, clean water coming in there at 64, 65 degrees. For, and it's just like a freeway coming on into the area, and there seems to be no stop to it right now. You know, and Phil, I bet you if the boats were going out the way tuna boats would normally go out to some of the known locations, I, I bet you there's fish there. Uh, well, I'm thinking, as I hear you say 64-degree water, I remember as a kid working on the searcher when Frank Lopresti ran the boat. I mean, we were looking for that 63-5 water for a longfin for albacore. Yeah. And i I got to think, there's there might, even if it's those holdover Guadalupe fish or something, I bet there's a, an albie sitting around out there on the dumping grounds or the 213 or one of those banks. If it has that right water, you got to think that somebody could come up with uh, an albie or two out there, and that would really be fantastic we've seen that happen before but 
this year, I mean, when we were talking with Wendy about the numbers of fish, it would really be incredible to see some kind of a, a big score on, on that grade of, uh, on that type of fish. That would really, really be cool. You know, I think that maybe we might get the albacore. I mean, it, it's been a decade. You know, it's it's time. Uh, who, you know, Wendy, here's the I, deal. I was just thinking this, this water is probably, Wendy, and I know you're thinking the same thing, it's probably going to be too hot for those things. But if, if they were going to show up, it might be now because 64 is just about right for Albie. You know, right. and and who's going to go out on a day and a half, two day, two and a half day yeah. trip looking for something when they can go out on a day and a half and get a chance, especially before the limit uh, goes into effect, of possibly bringing home uh, five, six, seven, eight beautiful bluefin tuna. I mean, uh, that's a hard trick to beat. Yeah, You're right. And uh, You asked Tony. I mean, I'm sure he had it screamed at him over and over again when he got into this game. You don't leave fish to go find (laughs) fish. (laughs) Absolutely. That's the main thing right there. Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, Phil, uh, how, how about just quickly... Are the uh, Long Beach and L.A. Uh, uh, sport fishing landings, are they able to take advantage of this bounty that we're seeing down here, too, or what's happening there? Yeah, absolutely. Thunderbirds on those bluefin as we speak right now in a sundown bite on Cortez. The Tornado out of Pierpoint Landing has rushed their boat work, finished it, ready to go this weekend. So, absolutely, you got Marina Del Rey with some good yellow fishing. It's absolutely on up here in this neck of the woods also. All right. Hey, Phil, I know uh, you broadcast regularly uh, on the Internet, but you also have live radio that you're doing Saturday and Sunday for our Spanish-speaking friends. Tell us how folks can get a hold of you, or better yet, how they can listen. Hey, uh, and I want to thank the Secretary of Pesca from Baja Norte. He sent up Victor Hugo Mendez and Victor Ibanez Esquerer. He sent them up to do our show this weekend. It was a great show with those guys. That's Matias Arjona, the Secretary of Pesca in Baja Norte. And we are on every single Saturday. They Sabados and Domingos at 6 to 7 a.m. on AM 690. And, of course, you can go to www.pforadio.com for the very latest. This weekend, John, Saturday and Sunday, we'll be at Bass Pro Shops, 4 o'clock, giving a surf fishing seminar, and then leaving Sunday night on a lobster trip. And you go to pforadio.com. You can get information on that. And finally... Dan, I got yes. something for you. My youngest son, Patrick, San Jose State rugby team, beat San Francisco State yesterday, and uh, he played on the A team and the B team. They beat, they won the A game, they tied the B team. I was a little sad. Patrick had like six stitches in the game, and he was bleeding severely. And I said, son, couldn't you come up with like 14 stitches and really, you know, play this? <laughs> yeah. Come on, represent the sport. <laughs> Hey, Give that is Phil. Play rugby. That is Phil Friedman. Show you how crazy he is. He's even crazier about fishing. Phil, thanks a lot for being with us. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you during the week, and also next Sunday night, this same time on Rod and Reel Radio. John, Wendy, Stan, Tony, and everybody out there, have a great evening. Thanks for having me on, John. All right, fun stuff, Phil. Take okay, care. Bye, Tell Phil. Tell your son, boy. <laughs> hey. Uh, Stan, Wendy, Tony, and I, we got to take a break right now, pay the bills, but you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540, or if you're having a hard time getting to us, we're streaming live at rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. More show to come, but we got to take a break right now. We'll be right back.
Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on our cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. I hope you're enjoying the show. We've got a lot more show coming on up with Tony Salza at 6 o'clock, and we're going to try and make contact with the champion of the Rayovac FLW Lake Havasu Western Series Tournament. Just concluded, Mr. Joe Uribe, Jr., so I hope we'll be able to get a hold of him as he streaks across the Arizona desert to go home. But now it's time for the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report, and the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report is brought to you by Champ Sports Fishing and Diamond Head Tuna. And here's with a report from Hawaii, direct from Hawaii, Captain Mick Diamond. Captain Mick, how's it going in Aloha? Aloha, aloha, everybody. We're um, uh, really excited. Uh, had a big uh, week at Diamond Head Tuna. We started uh, smoking our canned product, and uh, that will be the next thing that comes off the production line. So All right. really excited and uh, get it labeled up and uh, uh, see see how it comes out. So the uh, fishing this week was um, uh, a little ticked. We um, still have some mai mai around and uh, some shibi. Uh, that's yellowfin tuna, less than a hundred pounds uh, for the week in Oahu. We had a hundred nine shibi, and then uh, on Oahu twenty two, mai mai two seventeen, and uh, kava kava thirty six. So. Um, a little bit of action. There aren't a lot of boats out. Uh, everyone's kind of getting into the swing of things in the new year. All right. But, hey, Captain Mick, I am excited here about this product coming up with Diamond Head Tuna. Now, l- let me make sure I've got this right. Are You are smoking the tuna, and then after it's smoked, you can it, and you can it the same way you do, you're doing the regular tuna, so you get these big beautiful fillets in there and loins instead of uh, a bunch of broken up stuff yeah it's uh i guess you haven't tried that yet uh 
Um, I'm waiting for it to doing... hit my doorstep here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we lightly smoke it. It's not a heavy smoke, uh, and it's real nice. You um, uh, put it, pick it out of the can, chop it up, put it on a salad, or make a smoked tuna salad with it. So um, that is uh, the best. We, we've been doing this product a long time. Oh man, now when you say smoke, you know when when I think about smoking out here, we'll use apple woods, we'll use elder woods, we'll use mesquite. Uh, are you using a native wood to the islands there, or do you bring in wood from uh, uh, other parts Coconut of the world to do smoke. your smoking? Yeah. No, we've been doing mesquite for 14 years, um, and uh, um, we're going to experiment with some uh, some of the cool Hawaiian woods, like uh, uh, the guava and uh, um, papaya woods, and uh, um, so there's some. We got another one called Star Star Fruit and sure. uh, the Starwood. So um, we're gonna mess around with those. Probably do that in the uh, uh, in the ahi when we um, experiment and do some prototypes with that. Uh, Mick, are any of those kind of related to citrus? Do you know no, if any of those um, woods are, are citrus related uh, woods? Yeah, the the, um, the star fruits are, and uh, they're really tasty, and uh, they're all over the island. So. Um, I'm learning from uh, scratch from some of the Hawaiian guys. They're slowly sneaking out their recipes to me over. Wow. So, <laughs> Mick, if, if people are coming to the Hawaiian Islands right now and they want to go fishing, is this an okay time to go? Uh, uh, is it really weather-related right now? Because whenever I think about January, February in Hawaii, I think about trade winds, big surfing contests, and, uh, uh, you know, weather that's... Uh, uh, you know, more conducing the the sightseeing in a volcano somewhere. Well, the um, temperature's pretty steady, eighty one during the day and seventy one at night, and uh, we got some nice deep water harbors. So even if, even with the big swell, Haleiwa Harbor is a real good uh, entrance in and out uh, deep water harbor, and uh, it's I've only seen it closed uh, a few times in the four years I've been here. So. Um, no, good weather, and then over on the um, south side, it's flat, calm, real, um, uh, I've been fishing out of um, uh, wine ice side up on the west side uh, for winter, too, so, um, uh, nope, we can take care of all your sport fishing needs, uh, we've got uh, two packs, four packs, six packs, and then we also have uh, Captain Latin Scalman over in Kona, it, uh, he has a real nice 48-foot uh, um, yacht for, um, Fishing out of Kona Harbor. All right, Captain McDiamond, if we want to get a hold of you, find out how we can get our hands on some of that beautifully smoked albacore, or maybe want to plan a, a charter trip when we get to the Hawaiian Islands, how's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, you got the phone, a good way, uh, 760-500-7094. We pick it up and answer and take care of all your charter needs, and also check out the website, www.diamondheadtuna.com. All right, Captain McDiamond, thanks for the great report, and thanks for the new information on Diamond Head Tuna. We look forward to going over there, and uh, we'll be picking up some of that product and enjoying it here. Thanks a lot for being with us tonight. All right, mahalo. Mahalo, Captain Mick. Mahalo. <laughs> hey, and now let's go to the Southern California Inshore Report, and I've got to tell you, 
We've been listening to the California Inshore Report for a few years right now, but I've got to tell you, the past couple of weeks with Captain James Nelson's probably been the most dynamic fishing he's probably seen in any winter in a long time. Let's bring him aboard and talk about what's happening. Captain James, how you doing, sir? Good morning, Sean. Good morning. <laughs> so, yeah, I've turned around I am. <laughs> well, I tell you, you, you've been really burning the candles at both, uh, both ends, James, but I've been enjoying the pictures you've been posting on Facebook. My gosh, uh, what's happening out tail. there? What's well, happening? you know, hello? Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just been a little bit of everything. It's it's the variety. You can't beat it, of course. The, the shallow water rockfish, they know that it's closure season, so they're biting like crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there's plenty of sand bass, some of the biggest sand bass I've seen in a long time, some calicos and, uh, and this, uh, this yellow tail, is that what they call it? <laughs> yeah, yeah in the small ones that are cruising through. Yeah, there's a few of those out there. <laughs> Jeez, Lewis. You know, uh, Captain Great James. Picture, by the way. Yeah, I saw that picture. That that picture, that yellowtail that you showed, looked like it was going to come through the the lens of the camera. How much did that fish uh, weigh, Ed, Jim? You know, about uh, one third of what it looked. I think Chuck has been taking lessons from from George Kramer and Danny Jackson as far as how to take a fish picture. But, uh... <laughs> now, now wait a minute. It hasn't been that bad because I actually saw some pictures of Chuck with a fish. And the fish actually looked char large next to Chuck, so those had to be nice fish. Yeah, you know, I yeah, I I I had a bad shot of I thought anyway. You could, the fish curled his tail right at the last right as the lens clicked. Yeah. But but Chuck, yeah, he had a really nice sand bass the other day. You know, and that's what it's been. My, I mean, my customers, we've been taking them out there. And they've been having a good time. I did a little, I did a little uh, trip with some guys from. Uh, English Chronicles crew, and, you know, they had a great time, and, and I had happened to have a day available, and Chuck was, you know, gnawing at the texting me, when are we going fishing, when are we going fishing, I thought, well, let's go tomorrow, and so that was yesterday, and we did pretty good, so I, I thought it was pretty fun, they, they let me catch one, and, you know, the fish are there, uh, today was, uh, we, I didn't see any yellowtail stuck, uh, we didn't really try it as hard for them on my boat, my, my, uh, the guy that I took out there today, a customer, um, it, was, it was all about just getting stuck. And the conditions didn't quite fit today for that. Uh, what we've been doing is just really looking for those puddling birds. And uh, But the fish are still around. They're just a little deeper. And if you work that, that deeper iron, uh, you can get those fish. But it's, it's something that you really, you just got to keep casting and casting and casting and keep working it. But they're there. I mean, it's amazing how, how many fish are out in that water right now in small boat range. Now, Captain Jim, off the banks, uh, you know, with Phil Friedman, we were talking about the crabs that are out there, and a lot of the guys are, are catching fish, and they're loaded with crabs. You're known to be fishing a little more inshore. Uh, are you finding the crab, the crab bloom still pretty big on in the uh, inshore areas the guys are finding offshore? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's, it's been a real game changer. It's been uh, pretty much mission one is to throw on something that looks like a red crab. Uh, the, <laughs> the fun thing about it is those fish, you know, most of them are pretty omnivorous anyway. If it crawls, walks, or swims, they're going to eat it. Or, you know, and, that's, and that's pretty nice because 
it's funny, the, the fish that we are keeping and, and chopping up, we're catching them on something that swims. You know, we're catching them on either a, a jig, uh, you know, excuse me, iron, or we're catching them either on iron or we're catching them on a swim bait, something that doesn't necessarily look red crab. Sometimes it doesn't even have crab in it at all. That sexy smell's been a good color. The mint, uh, iron's been good. So it's not even close to looking like a red crab, and they're still eating it anyway, and then you fillet the fish up, and his belly's just full of red crab. So it, it's pretty nice. You just fish around where they're feeding, and I think they're just not as picky as people give them credit for. Well, you know, when you're loving steak and potatoes, every once in a while you have to go to broccoli, and maybe that's what's happening with these fish. They they see something different coming along and go, hey, that looks good. Why there you go, after? John. What? There's a new bait wrap yeah. for Rich Whitaker. We'll get him to do, a, like, a broccoli. He, he's already got it, red crab on iron. Did you see that? But, but, but yeah, you know what? If he did like a broccoli, cauliflower, carrot, you know, I'll talk to him. Primavera? <laughs> yeah. Iron Wendy? Primavera? Wendy, you have yeah, something to say? Wendy? Yeah, you know, um, when I fished for the yellowtail, we actually uh, we saw some red crabs, but mainly it was fin fish. And when we cut open my fish, it had large, I mean, extra jumbo sardines in them. We had three stuffed in them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we were seeing those too. And I think that's one of the things that kind of. It changed our, our bite yesterday. It was pretty much done before 10 o'clock on when it happens for the yellows. I think what happened is we had a bunch of dolphin come in on those sardines. There were sardines and mackerel, but you could see the sardines come right up to the boat. And they were, Wendy, you're right, they were probably <laughs> nine, ten up. inches. Whew. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they were a meal in themselves. You I mean, they didn't get ripped, so not for that. Again, as always, we have to thank Everingham Brothers uh, in both uh, San Diego Bay and Mission Bay because uh, right now the bait is beautiful. They've got five to six inch sardines in San Diego Bay and then a mixture of sardines and anchovies over in Mission Bay. And and it's that big bait that uh, uh, those fish are feeding on. And uh, you know, probably one of the reasons why we're catching those big yellowtail. We're not having to fish with you know little uh, pinhead anchovies. Oh, yeah, and that's imperative, when you, especially right now, again, guys that are fishing bait, there's some surface action, but a lot of it's dropper looping, and, and you want something, if you're dropping it down 90 or even upper Alahoya, and they're fishing more like three, 400 feet, you're dropping that thing down on a three-ounce torpedo, or even heavier, you, you don't want it to be dead by the time it gets down there, and it's nice when, I mean, they do a really good job at EPCO of really getting us some, some real lively bait. All right. You know, and James, with all of the whale activity, uh, there's a ton of bait out there. There's red crabs all over. There's got to be krill for the deep somewhere around for those those whales that are cruising through. And I asked somebody, or we were talking to Phil a little earlier, has he seen any red or heard the, the rumor there were red crab in Newport Harbor? Have you seen any in San Diego Harbor? I, I haven't, Stan. Pretty much they're, they're all out in a ways a little bit. They're, you know... Between uh, the borderline all, all the way up into La Jolla, but pretty much in that deeper 70 to 90 foot range. Or well, deeper. that's what I would think. I mean, that's if they stay out there in that big water where it pushes them up from the bottom, basically. But man, oh yeah, man, well, they're trying a... to eat too. I mean, so they're, yeah. they're out there where they got plenty to eat. And I don't know if there's enough for them in San Diego Bay that they'd want. Not no, that, that was what I was planted. asking. Somebody said that there was. I'm going, that's a rumor. I, I must admit, but I was. I'm searching, so you know if you haven't, if they're not down there, because that's the warmer water. 
their, oh. their, yeah, that's probably not exactly the correct rumor. All right. Hey, uh, guys, uh, if uh, you want to go out and do some winter fishing, go out to San Diego Bay or go off our immediate offshore area, and you don't want to take your boat out there, Captain James Nelson is the way to go. And, Captain, how do people get a hold of you so they can book a trip? Well, John, they can reach me online. They can go to thefishicon.com or Google Fishing Guide San Diego or call me, 619-395-0799. All right, Captain James, you have a great week. Thanks a lot for the fantastic report. And we look forward to speaking to you next weekend on Rod Real Radio at the same time. Always my pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Hey, this is Rod and Real Radio. Stan, Wendy, Tony, and I, we're going to be back. we got to take a break right now, but coming on up is Tony Souser. We're going to talk a little bit about his fishing experience and how he was able to win the 2015 San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament. So stay tuned. More show to come. We'll be right back. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? 
Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. I've listened. Hey, and we are back with Rod Real Radio. Stan Bannenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. And we appreciate you coming to listen to the show. Hey, we've got a special guest, and I've got to apologize to him because uh, my emails and my cell phone is lit up. I've been referring to him as a bottle of tequila, when actually I should be referring to him more as a musical instrument. He's a longtime classic here in the San Diego County area, longtime fisherman, great history. Mr. Tony Souza. Tony, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. Glad to be here. Hey, you know, uh, we uh, we were marveling at the feat of winning the San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament, and it, it's uh, a, a very prestigious tournament to win here in Southern California. But you took it to another level. But before we talk about that tournament... You know, you're just not some Johnny come lately in the in the fishing game. You've been involved in fishing for a long time. Give us a little background about how you got to this point in time. Yeah, okay. I grew up here in San Diego, born and raised here, and I've always loved fishing ever since my mom got uh, uh, my first rod and reel back in. Gosh, I don't know. It's like I was 10 years old, and uh, ever since I fished in the bay. And my background, my I'm fourth generation uh, fisherman. My dad was a a bait boat uh, fisherman where he used to fish with the bait boat, uh, the bamboo poles, lifting tuna up. And uh, I always loved fishing. And uh, uh, I used to work at the bait receivers growing up. Instead of being like some of my friends going deck cannon, I was uh, I worked there for about three or four years. And talk about bass. There was so much bass out there. It was I, Every day I'd catch two, three hundred of them just throwing right back in because there was nothing else to do when we weren't busy. But... Uh, I spent a lot of time in the water there in San Diego Bay, learned all the spots, kayaking, using my boat. Um, but anyway, it's San Diego has a lot of fish, and uh, that day uh, I won it. It was just an unbelievable day. I've, I've been up and down the leaderboard. and uh, Hold on, but, you know, before we get to that, uh, besides just staying in San Diego, you spread out there, and actually you've been very much involved in commercial fishing too. Yes, yes. Uh, I started about 1974. I started uh, going up and down uh, the coast, uh, uh, San Pedro, unloading boats, tuna boats, anywhere from 500 to 1,000 ton boats, doing that for a few years. And I started going out to sea, and I did that for 21 years on tuna sainters. And, you know, you learn a lot and uh, just local common sense stuff and uh you know, just learning about doing that. And uh, in 89, I, I went up to Alaska and started fishing crab, where I became uh, the captain. And I ran a 135-foot uh, crab boat fishing uh, tanner crab and uh, king crab. And also on another boat where we went to Russia on the uh, east side of the Kam- Kamchatka Peninsula. And uh, we taught the Russians how to catch king crab and uh, and how to process it. 
Now we have uh, the in-studio director coming in and uh, writing down a few notes even as we speak for Tony. Uh, uh, Tony, you're, uh, that also means then that you're uh, a certified skipper, too. I should be calling you Captain Tony. Yes, I have a master's license. I have a 2,000-ton uh, master's license. So, yeah, it's required for uh, any vessel over 300 gross tons, and uh, you sure need it for up there. You know, it's all about safety and all that stuff. But, yeah, going back to the Alaska experiment, we had a, we were a joint venture with the Russians, and uh, we taught them how to fish uh, king crab and how to process it. And I did that for a couple seasons, and then went back to the Bering Sea and just fished all along uh, the Lucian Chain, St. Lawrence Island, St. Paul, St. George, Privlov, so just all over the place. And uh, I also uh, captain a longliner up there and a, and a trawler, midwater trawl. And, in uh, Alaska? You're a longliner in Alaska? Yes. For albacore, or what was coming out uh, of that For cod, peacod. Oh, peacod. And just different arrow tooth and uh, just flatfish and all kinds of different kind of fishes up there. So you came back to San Diego. What brought you back to San Diego? And I, I, I know you're a long-time fixture uh, fishing the San Diego tournaments here. Uh, tell us about uh, you know bring, coming back to San Diego. Okay, during that time when I was fishing up uh, up north, any t- if the timing was right, I would fish the tournament if it worked <laughs> out. I think my first tournament was uh, 1998, and uh, I think it was the lowest one on the leaderboard there. But anyway... <laughs> Well, I, can, I can see you ahead of me. Don't worry. <laughs> but, you know, off and on, when I had a chance, I would always fish the tournament there when I had a chance. And uh, that's how I started. And uh, Well, you know, the, the tournament came up this year. Let's talk about this year. You, What was your highest place in, in the San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament before 2015? Okay, let me go back uh, a couple years here. My from first the bottom part, of the leaderboard. Yeah, from the bottom <laughs> of the leaderboard. Well, actually, my older brother, he was my my uh, partner for years, and we tried like heck to, to get it. But he passed away nine years ago, and uh, I really didn't have a partner after that. He was my true partner. You know, we, we were perfect for each other, you know, catching fish. But anyway, it took me a few years to get the right partner. I took out my daughter. She moved up to Santa Barbara. That didn't work out. Got a couple friends that, that that didn't work out. My brother, my younger brother, had his own son to take out, so he had his own partner. It wasn't until about seven years ago I, I figured, why don't I just ask my wife, Barbie? She really wanted to go, but I pushed her, and uh, so she became my partner. And uh, going to back what you asked me, um, 2010, we got fifth place. 2011, we got second place. And then after that, it kind of went downhill a little bit, 11th place, 14th, until right now this year where it worked out. Okay, well, 2015. Well, top 15 in any tournament circuit, you're, if you're in it with 100 boats, that is phenomenally good. If it goes over 100 boats, it's even better. Right. Well, That's stand right. here. Yeah. Here comes the kicker. Now, 2015 comes along. You're getting ready for the big tournament. Uh, uh, you're going to be fishing out of a boat. And what happens? Okay. <laughs> the boat that I've been using, I have a 24-foot uh, skiff. Well, what happened was the uh, exhaust manifold, you know, over a year, it just built up with water. It cracked. I had to change it out. And I really didn't have the time or money to fix it up right, right at this time. So I wouldn't make it in time for the tournament anyway. 
So I talked to Dwayne at the San Diego Anglers, and he gave me the okay. He said, go ahead. You can use your kayak. Now, there was a separate kayak division. There was a separate. That you could have fished. Right. But you decided, hey, uh, you wanted to fish the open division and fish out of kayak. If I'm not mistaken, were you the only kayak entered in the open division? Yes, that's a kicker. I took a chance. I could lose either way. <laughs> if, I did, if I didn't, be, if I didn't get first or uh, top twenty-five, and I didn't place in the kayak, I could have lost and and you know been top on the top kayak. I would have lost on that. So I took a chance, and that's the kicker. I said, well, you know what? I'll just pretend my wife's with me, and I'll pay that extra, whatever it was, and I. Uh, Paid the extra, and, and that's what I did. Now, we want to tell our listeners and everything that anybody that's the who's who in saltwater fishing, especially bass fishing here in San Diego, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, Dennis Burleson, Larry Howerton, Bill Schaefer, you know, even uh, uh, James Nelson, a, a lot of the fellows out there, they were fishing in this tournament. They were teamed up with people that... Uh, uh, you know, everyone was going for that golden ring first place. Did you have a chance to pre-fish the tournament at all? Because the word I had gotten, the fishing was pretty tough. Oh, yeah, it was tough. I went fishing uh, three different areas in San Diego Bay two weeks prior. Central Bay, um, uh, up, up by Ballast Point, and then the Shelter Island area. And... Uh, when I did that, I picked my spot at that time, and I didn't go back because I knew the fish were there, and that's where I won the tournament was in that one area. Now, these areas where you're fishing, did did we, did we you have a locator on your kayak, or was it just from your own experience that you knew that this is places where maybe I could go and find fish? Just my own experience. I did hook up a, a new fish finder on my kayak and uh, during that week, but... You know, it didn't work that day, so I never used it. And just using local knowledge and uh, uh, the area I fished panned out for me. Now, this was the year that the the San Diego anglers had dropped the limit from five fish to three fish. Do you believe that uh, this was maybe a little bit of an advantage for you uh, as opposed to having to fish five? Not at all. Not at all, uh, because I could have caught five fish. I did have a, a, a Ford fish in my bait tank just in case, you know, I thought it was pretty close with the other three, but uh, I don't think that plays a factor. It could be five or three or even one. It just matters uh, the biggest bass. So okay. for me, it didn't matter. Let so me ask good? you a question here. Well, yeah. <clears throat> you can fish live bait in these tournaments? Yes, you can. Do you, did you have live bait in your kayak or, you know, behind your kayak that you could use? or, or do you No, use there's uh, no chumming a law. Uh, and, and it was sta- all plastics. For me, it was all plastics. There were some guys using bait. You can use a cut-up bait, live bait, mussels, clams, whatever you want to use. Yeah, Stan, there's a rule that if you have live bait, you have to <clears throat> not have live bait in your vessel at the beginning of the tournament, and then you must go out to the bait barge and bait up and then go out with live bait from there. And Oh, that's quite a, quite a row from a kayak guy. Never mind. <laughs> well, so, so, Tony, let's go to the, uh, you know, the, uh, the opening gun. Here you are at O-Dark 30 in the morning. You're bobbing around in your kayak. There's 140 other boats biting at the bit to get out of there. The flare goes off. Everyone kicks it, gets on plane, gets the hell out of there, and uh, you're sitting there in your kayak. What was your strategy? 
Exactly. Everybody just skedaddle out of that area. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, all the kayakers, most of the kayakers waited till all the guys went out, all the motorboats, so they wouldn't get the, the wave action. So it's probably about 20, 20 that stayed on the beach and just went, went out, and everybody went on different directions uh, on the kayaks also. So I just uh, stuck around the area, and I was going by uh, birds, just pretty basic birds. Where there's birds, there's bait. Where there's bait, there's fish. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of silver sides, uh, uh, balls of bait to where I was uh, fishing, and there was bass underneath that, and I was just working the bait balls. So in the kayak, actually, you can say you, you had a chance to really observe what was happening as opposed to going by what was happening at 60 miles an hour. Exactly. On a kayak, you're down low in the water. I mean, you can see a lot more, just like what I see in the bait. But two weeks prior, that bait was still there. It was there already, I mean. But uh, you can see everything from a kayak. Okay, tell us about the technique that you used. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you, how deep are you fishing, too? Uh, anywhere between 40 to 50 feet. Okay. Just working uh, different edges there, a couple structure spots. But mostly it was the bait balls. And uh, I did have an Alabama rig with me. Never used it, though. Really? Uh, yeah, never used it. There was another kayaker that was, and he, he said he got three three-pounders, but I think he uh, misread the poundage on yeah, his fish. Exaggerating <laughs> oh, I know those guys. Those are tournament fishermen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Tony Souza. He is the winner of the 2015 San Diego Open Bay Bass Tournament. We're talking a little bit about fishing the bay. Some of the techniques he employed, fishing out of a kayak, fishing against almost 150 other teams that were in a boat. He wound up beating them all on this particular given Saturday. Hey, you're listening to Stan, Wendy, and John. This is Rod Real Radio on AM540 or rodreelradio.com. Stay tuned. Still more Rod Real Radio to come. we got a break for a few commercial messages. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. Hey, we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Real Radio. We have Tony uh, Souza with us. He is the winner of the 2015 San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Tournament. And Tony... We were talking about you uh, uh, working uh, the deep spots and structures, and actually, you were literally within sight of the weigh-in area most the whole day. Were you not? Yeah, pretty close. I was up and down uh, the stretch there on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us specifically about the types of lures you used and how you made the presentation. Okay. Yeah, I used uh, first of all, I used eight. 10, 12-pound test. I went with the light, light stuff. I think that was the key right there, just using the light line. I know the guy's been pre-fishing the whole week there, and I figured the lighter the line, the more the, the fish was already spooked, Smart. some injured fish. So uh, I went with the light line. I was using anywhere from 2-inch uh, swim baits to 5-inch. I was using uh, uh, Berkeley uh, gulps. I was using some MC uh, swim baits, some flurry uh, hybrid, charcoal color, and I was also using Western baits that I got from your packets the year before. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, single tails. You know, those discount coupons are still good, so uh, make sure you bring them on in and oh, get yeah. some more. Now, <coughs> you know, in past years, uh, fishermen have used uh, such techniques as long lining. I understand that. That was that has not been working as of recent. Uh, were you, uh, you know, long lining uh, the baits? Uh, were you yeah, hitting the the fish on the head? Uh, uh, what were you doing? And if you were using long lining, just explain to our listeners just briefly what long lining is. Okay, I, I wasn't really long lining that day. Uh, the tide, with the incoming tide, I probably got my fish all within the four hours of the incoming tide. After that, it just shut off. Now, long line is when you just you can just drop it straight down or cast out, and as the boat is drifting, you just let your line pay out and uh, go anywhere from half a spool to three-quarter spool empty, and you just start reeling it in. You can reel it in 
fast at first and slower down. That's that's what long lining is all about. I'm sure guys have different techniques, but and wh- why is long lining? Uh, why does that work sometimes? Why does that technique work? Well, a lot of times, uh, if the fish is moving around on the bottom, it keeps the the swim bait down lower in the uh, towards the bottom, where the fish can respond and, and take that bait. Okay. What? Well, you know, uh, just a little while ago, we had our uh, in-studio producer here uh, open up the door and say, Hey, tell them about Portuguese power. What's that all about? <laughs> oh, God. Well, I'm Portuguese, and all of my buddies are all Portuguese, you know, you know, with the tuna seners, uh, back way back when they were out of San Diego. There was a big industry here in San Diego. They're all out in uh, Western Pacific. I think there's 10 boats left right now out of Samoa, but that's what that was all about. Because I'm Portuguese. <laughs> now, you were fishing out of a kayak. Uh, one of the things that you had to do is you had to keep your fish alive because of the fact there was a penalty for bringing in dead fish. Tell us, uh, uh, how do you go about doing that in a kayak? Okay, right. I have a, a Hobie uh, Outback. It's the pedal nice. plus uh, paddle. I can use either one. I prefer the pedal. But anyway, I have a bait tank, and that's how I kept my uh, fish alive. Just had a live well. Just circulating water, and the fish uh, stays alive really well in there. Uh, and I want to just mention I was also uh, just bouncing uh, uh, swim baits off the bottom because in the wintertime, a lot of that fish uh, is feeding off the bottom. You know, you you catch one, you have it in a tank, you see crab coming, peeler crabs, rocks, clams. You know, so a lot of times this fish is deep uh, uh, on the bottom. And also I was working the bait balls there where I was getting about midwater. Okay, and... Uh, uh you uh, you were supposed to bring in your three best fish, but did you have a better day than that? Hell yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, so you actually, I mean, there are a lot of fishermen that couldn't even bring in three fish. So obviously you were catching uh, fish. Yes. And were a lot of people working the area that you were, or were you sitting there catching fish and watching uh, uh, the boats go just by you one after another looking for fish, and here you are on them? Well, after those four hours, I'll tell you, everybody's just looking at each other. But, uh, yeah, there was kayaks all around me, uh, a lot of boats around me. In fact, I was telling that some of the boaters that were kind of close to me, I said, hey, there's bait right in front of you there. Throw, throw out your plastic. But, you know, usually guys are in a hurry in the boats, and they want to go to one spot to another. They really weren't working the area that much. Well, now, let me ask you a little bit uh, about the kayak you were fishing, because you're a tall guy. How tall are you? Six one. You're at six one, and you're you're in the uh, you're north of two hundred a lot. You're a fairly big guy. Uh, uh, what does this kayak that you're working does that fit you, or how how'd you get into this kayak? It fits me perfectly, sitting down straight, you know, with the pedals and everything. But if anybody see me out there fishing, I was a guy with the orange uh, shirt, and okay, and uh, I was actually sitting uh, side saddle where I had my feet in the water the whole time I was fishing. You know, you got to figure that was 62-degree water, flat, calm weather, so that's all right. Hey, Tony, let's get on with this conversation in just a little bit. I want to change gears right now because uh, we've been able to make contact with Joe Uribe Jr. as he's streaking across the desert on his way home from Lake Havasu, and while we have cell connection with him, I want to get a hold of him. I know he's eager to get on home, but I know all our listening audience wants to congratulate him. So without further ado, let's introduce our listening audience to the winner of the 2015 FLW Rayovac 
Western Series uh, Tournament at Lake Havasu, Mr. Joe Uribe, Jr. Joe, welcome to Ron Real Radio. Thank you. So glad to be on the radio, and I appreciate the opportunity, and I uh, want to first off thank all your viewers and everyone out there for all their support. What an amazing event and the tournament. Uh, definitely a highlight of my fishing career, no doubt, and uh, ever so sweet, especially to have my family and friends and everybody there at the way, and oh, it was just amazing. Hey, Joe, this is Wendy. Yeah, Joe, you've got Stan and Wendy here, too. And, and Stan, uh, why don't you start off? Do you have a question you want to ask Joe? No, I just want to say Joe and I have been fishing. Well, uh, Joe Joe and his dad started fishing against me way back when. Uh, when they first got involved with the tournament circuits, I really watched him grow in this in this uh, event that he's, I mean, he's really come a long way. And uh, it's fun to watch. Uh, that all of the young guys back when that have come through and have gotten to the place where they can really compete at the highest level of the fishing thing. And, Joey, you've done a great job, buddy. Well, I appreciate that, Stan. And uh, like I said, I, it's been, been a long time coming for me. And, uh, you know, I've been, uh, been fishing for a while and uh, have followed guys, uh, great fishermen like yourself over the years, and definitely has inspired me to continue fishing and, and doing what I love to do. And, uh Working in the industry as, as well as you know for 15 years now, um, you know I just I really really enjoy the sport of bass fishing. Anything I can do to contribute back to not only the young and upcoming fishermen, but just even the veterans out there. Just to, you know, like I said, just to, to remind them that they're definitely still an inspiration to me, and uh, means a lot for all the support and stuff that I get over the years. For those people, you know, who don't Joe, know, go ahead, I, Wendy. I, I have I have to say personally, congratulations and and how far you've come. I mean, I remember being at Lake Terrace with you fishing in your boat, you know, when you were a kid. <laughs> and, oh <laughs> and yeah, I remember really, that. <laughs> <laughs> you had a really great teacher, you know, to go out there and be able to go fish with your dad and uh to go out there and win tournaments and and you know, for him, and, and your whole family would come out. Your mom would come out. Your sister would go fishing. And I just think it's, it's just really neat that it was a family event and that your family is there to support you and, and be at your weigh-ins. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That definitely, uh, definitely is, uh, means a lot that they're out there. And, and, you know, having my sister back on board on, on the circuit, uh, of course, thanks to Bridgeford Foods, Ranger Boats, and Mercury Outboards, making it all possible for us to be out on the water. Uh, you know, traveling my sister this year is just going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're both going to be doing uh, promotions together for Bridgeford at Walmarts and other convenience stores that carry their product uh, at each event. And, uh, you know, just have a great time. And, you know, I tell you, I mean, it's been a while since her and I fished together. And she's one heck of a fisherman. I, she really, really impressed me this trip and really helped me win the event. And I'll be first to say, I mean, it was just amazing how, you know, whether she realized what she did or not, I mean, she really opened my eyes to something that I would have never even tried uh, in, a, in a certain particular area that was my key area, how I won the tournament. And what she did with the baits, it kind of doctored up and uh, was just absolutely amazing. I thank her, love her to death. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Let me That's go back awesome. And, it, and, and I have to say, it's in the blood. It's got to be in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And I got to explain it. It is. It flows to our veins, there's no doubt. Joe, for those of the people that are out there that don't know, Joe has been around the fishing world for a long while. He fished with his dad in the team tournaments coming up here when he was just a kid. And, and then he ended up working for the the premier 
a ranger boat dealer in, in the western United States here or, uh, with Rick Grover for years as a sales manager over there or salesman over there uh, and stayed involved with the pro circuits and grew up within the industry here uh, to to get to the point where he and then now you've moved away from here from uh, California you're over in Arizona you work for Cabela's now um, if I'm not mistaken and still in in the fishing world there uh, promoting That's the industry correct. there so yep. now that we've got that out of the way I want to know what you learned from your sister <laughs> <laughs> well, well I tell you I mean we, we kind of I you know kind of was real confident you know we had a pattern going and. Uh, you know, we, we were uh, we were throwing the chatterbait. We were throwing an A rig made by Bastronics, but you know, she she took that she took that that um, that chatterbait, and we we had a skinny dipper on as a trailer. But we were fishing dirty water. Um, but I was fishing fish that were outside staging, um, kind of waiting to come up. She decided it was funny. On the last day of practice, I was rigging my rods because we had to be off the water by noon. We had a promotion due at the Walmart there at two o'clock. So I was rigging my rods, just ready to go. She was on the trolling motor, and she says, hey, I'm going to go up here shallow with these toolies and, uh, and try it up here. I said, sure, no problem. Knock yourself out. <laughs> she went up there shallow and made a cast with her chatterbait, and she caught a four-and-a-half-pounder. Wow. And I was like, wow, that's an awesome fish. So I reached down, I grabbed it, but I look at her bait, and I'm like, wait a minute, what did you do to your bait? She's like, Oh, well, I figured the dirty water, I, I, I wanted to try some chartreuse, so she put chartreuse, she got my chartreuse dipping dye marker, she put it on the trailer of her skinny dipper, and I go, wow, that actually looks pretty darn good, I might have to try that. So I rigged one up, and I said, you know what, they got me all excited. I proceeded to go to the next bay, shallow bay with two of these, and I said, no, let me try that. So I cast up there, and I catch a four and a half pounder. And I looked at her, and I said, I think you're onto something. No so we went and hopped a couple more bays, taking the hooks off, and got a few more bites. And I, now my wheels are spinning, thinking, oh, great, Rachel. You just threw me off now. <laughs> <laughs> and I ended up starting on that spot where she caught her for a four-and-a-half-pounder. And that was my primary area where I caught my fish. It was absolutely amazing. I would have never went up there like that and did what she did and, and really opened up my eyes to that. And and man, I tell you, it was it was huge. I fished three primary bays, all next to each other, was where I fished. And uh, the fish were there in the morning. They were active feeding on shad. They were pre-spawn fish staging, uh, but they were up shallow. They were moving with the stripers in the gizzard shad. We did have some birds in the area. Both seagulls and grebes work in the bay in the morning, which um, helped kind of keep the fish active, keep them moving around. And uh, I caught fish every day by nine. In the morning, had had most of my weight each day, but the last day to go out there and start off the morning with a nine pounder, yes. I just looked up Holy in the sky cow. and thank God, thinking, man, this is definitely my time. There's no doubt about it in my mind, and it was just a roller coaster that I rode through the event and fished very clean and flawless, and it definitely enjoyed the moment. Had a blast fishing with each one of my co-anglers. Uh, it was so exciting that. We have Daniel Liu in my boat, a great angler, by the way. He's very well established in the FLW as a non-boater. But to see him also catch fish or fish next to me on the last day, and we sat in the boat at 10 o'clock in the morning, pretty much ready to weigh in, knowing that we pretty certain that we won, uh, was even that much sweeter. And having all the camera crews around, taking pictures and cheering us on, and having my dad there in his boat rooting me on and watching me catch that nine pounder he was just man I, I can guarantee you he was in tears 
Well, <laughs> me too, know, but I wasn't there, buddy. Hey, was, you know, <laughs> with, with what colors in the, did did color make a difference up on the the bait before you put the chartreuse on? Was it smoke? Was um, it, it was just we were just using a shad pattern. Um, we were using uh, more of a transparent uh, with hologram flakes, skinny dipper. Uh, it's actually new color. It was a menace shad that they have out, and um, same thing with the e rig. And you know, just putting a little bit of chartreuse on the tail, I think, really made a difference because. I'll be honest with you, we did get some short bites in practice, and it was something that was really kind of concerning me, and that chartreuse, I think, made a big difference. Um, fishing the baits a little bit more aggressively, too, and fishing them shallower kind of forced me to fish them more aggressively, but uh, I mean, the fish committed, um, like I said, Stan, you've won many tournaments, and you know when it's your day, it's your day. You can't yeah, do nothing wrong, and that's exactly how it was in this event, and it was just it was a great experience, and Definitely experienced. I hope to, to experience again very soon, but I've been very patient over the years, and uh, it's my first major win. I know my first year in 2003 when I won uh, my very first pro I'm at Lake Mead and the Juan Bass Miller High Life Tour. was definitely an exciting way to start off my pro career, but it's been a long time. I mean, it's been since 2003 since I've won. I've been second, third, and fourth, and runner-up many a time and lost by ounces, but I told myself before, I said, when it's my time to win, I want to win, and I want to win big. I want no doubt in my mind that I'm going to seal the deal. And uh, and I surely did that this event, and it was uh, so good to kind of get that monkey off my back because there was, had a lot of, lot of uh, you know, questions in my mind thinking, man, am I ever going to win an event like this? I've tried so hard. And I think there's times that as anglers out there, and you can contest to this, stand that we put a little bit too much pressure on ourselves, and we can be our worst enemies at times. So, you know, it's just having confidence and faith in your abilities and go out there and fish clean with an open mind and and just go out there and fish hard. That's it. I, I will tell you this, Joe. You probably had the secret right there because you, if, as a competitive angler and you're going out there and you feel the pressure because of sponsors most of the time, you want to win, you want to do well, you want to continue to be well, I will give you this advice. Only fish to be consistently good. You know, it will come to you just like this one. When it's your time to win, it's going to be easy. And it yeah. just comes that way. And you'll be within ounces. I had the situation this weekend where, I, you know what, it, it, within two swings, uh, I could have, would have, should have, but it wasn't my time. But it's been my time earlier this year and last year and the years before. It, when it happens... It's cool. So smile, be be happy, and you did a great job. I don't care how you cut it, buddy. You did it. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Joe, it was a, indeed a great win. And, and why don't you take us through? This was a three-day event. It wasn't a wire-to-wire -wire win uh, uh, for you by any chance. In fact, even on the second day, there there was no sure thing. So take us through the three days real quickly. And, and then sure. that sure. last day, I mean, that last day was epic. So go for it. <laughs> Well, the first day, you know, starting out, um, you know, with 152 boats in our event at Lake Havis, it's a lot of boats, a lot of pressure. You know, I was boat number 80 going out, not quite certain I was going to even be able to get on the first five spots that I wanted to get on. And I was just absolutely amazed at the first spot I pulled up on. Not only was there not a competitor in sight, but there's seagulls diving in the water, you oh. know, trying to grab shad and watch the stripers boil. I look at my partner and I smile and I think, we're going to catch them. And right, boy, did we yeah. catch them good. And it just, boy, I just, we caught them. And when it was all said and done, I was just like, this is amazing. I did not picture this at all. So we just kept throughout the day. 
Um, you know, I left that area alone. We came back again the next day. The birds weren't there. The stripers weren't there, but the fish were still there. Still caught them early. Uh, caught two five-pounders on the second day, back-to-back casts. And, I mean, I just was floored. And I was like, wow, this is happening. And, you know, and you know, going in the last day with a five-pound lead, it's a pretty big lead, especially at Havasu. Um, you know, I was real confident that I could go out there and at least catch. If I thought if I can catch 15 pounds, it would be good knowing that I can catch a lot more than that if everything goes right again. But, man, for those areas to hold up for three days, let alone two, of course, did I have doubt in my mind? Absolutely. I'm a very realistic angler and knowing that, hey, if it doesn't happen, let's go to plan B and plan C. And I was ready for that. But, boy, when I pulled up on my spot, nobody around again, had all the whole lake to ourselves. And um, my partner actually caught the first fish, which was like a two-and-a-half-pounder, um, we, and that was it. We moved over to this other side of the bay there that had more shade on there. And it was so funny. We both made a cast simultaneously and hit the water. We get a couple cranks, and we both get bit at the exact same time. We're on. Double nice. hookup. Ooh, nice. And I look back at him. He's got a spinning rod with six-pound test. I've got a seven-and-a-half-foot swim bait rod with, with 20 pounds. So I wasn't worried about mine, but <laughs> mine kind of comes up and rolls, and I'm thinking, oh, I've got a striper. There's no way that's a bass. So I'm cranking on him the whole time watching my partner battle this fish on six pounds. I'm thinking, man, he's got a really big one on there. So I'm trying to horse my striper, I think, to the boat. And until it got to the boat and it rolls again, I look down, and I look, and I yell out, wait a minute, that's green. Get the net. And he looks at me, he's like, wait a minute, you get the net. I'm like, but I've got a bigger one. He's like, i got a bigger one. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I reach down, and I grab the net with one hand, hand it to him, as he lays it over the side of the boat. I roll the fish into the net, and I grab the net from him and throw the fish down on the deck of the boat, take it out of the net, and run up to the deck to chase his fish down on the trolling motor, right? This lasted for three minutes for his fish, ended up being a 15-pound carp. That he got oh, and landed. Okay. <laughs> well, as we land the fish, he lifts the carp up in the air to, to show the camera crew. He looks back and he says, "Man, that's a big one you caught." And I look back, not even looking at my fish the whole time he was battling his. I go down there, I lift up the fish, and he looks at me like, "Dude, that's a ten pounder." And I hold it up for the camera as I yell out, "I can't believe I just caught this on the final day of the FLW tournament!" As they're taking pictures. And I looked up in the sky, and I thank God, and I said, it's over. It's absolutely over. And I put that fish in the well, and we proceeded to absolutely destroy him on the last day. We caught 30 fish on the last day. Him and I went fish for fish, throwing back three-and-a-half pounders. was a day that I will never forget. Oh, That's man. awesome. That is that is great. Now, and you and there's a ten pounder laying on the deck of your boat while you're chasing the car. The whole time, I was not. I didn't even care at that moment. All I oh, cared about pounder. was getting his fish in the boat. You know, and you know, those, man, it's so amazing. Little, those events like that when you go to your area and they're still there and the, and the yep. and they're pushing bait up against the bank every morning at the same time or whatever it is, and there's nobody else around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, those are those are what I call God winks. Yeah, Joe, right. you know, right. we fished Havasu a lot. Havasu is known for its gin clear water, especially yeah. when you get by the tulies, it gets shallow, it's clear. What yep. do you think w- was causing that stained water that you found? Was it wave we action some, or what? We had some pretty heavy winds uh, the week prior. Um, I mean, I'm talking 20 to 30 mile an hour steady winds for multiple days. 
and we had a fluctuation of water. They were pumping in quite a bit of water in Havasu. It was the fullest that I've ever seen in February. I mean, it was high, and I think that contributed a lot. But those particular areas, um, they're, they're not protected because they're bays, so when the wind picks up, it blows directly into those bays, and it stayed very stain and off-colored, which really helped me out because the fish were not as skittish, um, you know, and uh, they were, seemed to be more aggressive in those areas. But as you go further down south in the lake, of course, the water got, you know, to 15 to 20 foot visibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, so you're, you're up there at the scales. They put you on the hot seat. Uh, were you having any anxiety there that may, maybe there is someone that can beat me? And, and what was going through your head while you saw fishermen after fishermen come on up and then have to go back down? Well, let's start. What was the weight at the second day? The second day, I had 21 pounds even on the second day. And I had an uh, 8-pound or 9-pound lead for the longest time until Josh Bertrand weighed in, which is he's a, a BASS elite angler who came down. We had a lot of great anglers show up there and fish. But uh, he ended up, uh, he had another solid day like he had the day before. And uh, he, he, he was 5 pounds behind me. But... Still, that's quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Knowing that when I talked to Josh, um, he was only getting five to seven bites a day. So I knew that he was struggling for his fish. I was catching my fish early. A lot of guys knew that I was catching my fish early, and they were pretty confident that I was going to catch them again. Um, I hate to be optimistic. I always go there with a clear and even keel mind. So, um, but you know, at ten o'clock. When I had 26 pounds in the boat and my partner already had 16 and a half, I pretty much knew it was over. And, you know, there was, I had camera crew on me all every day, but that morning they were giving updates. So a lot of people kind of had knew I had caught them. So when I went up to the scales, the other top ten anglers just kind of knew that, hey, let's hurry up and get this thing over with. We know who won. But, you know, we put on a good show. Uh, was I nervous? No, I was excited and, and really relieved that knowing that, it's finally my time. I'm finally going to win one, and thank you, God, and can't wait for the next one. And I just appreciate all the support that I've gotten from everyone, from friends, sponsors, family over the years. I mean, to go out there and, and, and do that on the final day and to catch a big fish like that and pull it out to put on a show, and that's, that's what you want to do on the final day, and that's what people want to see. And we had a great crowd at the weigh-in. Lake Havasu City really uh, accepted us anglers with open arms are really, you know, we're thankful for having us there and showed us a lot of hospitality and camaraderie there by showing up and supporting us. And, and, uh, boy, it was, it was just a great feeling and stuff. So it was, uh, it was exciting. It was how I dreamt it to be. And it was definitely a dream come true and a highlight of my fishing career. And boy, I tell you, I hope to experience it again. I really do. Well, Joe, <laughs> you can't do this without sponsors. Uh, tell us some of the people that helped make this possible for you, not, not only uh, currently, but also some of the people that have helped you get to where you are now. Yeah. Well, of course, Bridgeford Foods, who is my title sponsor. And, uh, you know, I recently moved and relocated to the Arizona area, as Stan had mentioned earlier. And uh, I really had not planned on fishing um, that following year that I moved last year, just because it was going to take time to get settled in and so forth. But I was okay with that. But when Bridgeford, Al Bridgeford Jr. approached me, and, you know, asked me to be a part of his team, boy, I tell you, that opened up a huge opportunity for me, an opportunity that I couldn't pass up and allowed me to continue fishing and, uh, and not taking a year off. So that was, 
that was a huge contribute to me even continuing this this last season to continue to fish with FLW. Obviously, Ranger Boats has backed me for many years. Love my new Z521C, Mercury Marine, Bob Lewis Machine Shop, Jeff Lewis, not only a good friend but customer of mine from Angler's Marine when I worked there for 13 years, has supported me for the last several years. Um, Adoption Awareness Foundation, Bob Noakley with Canyon Fishing Products, um, Daiwa, Kurt Alcala from, from Daiwa Reels. I've had the opportunity to switch over for, to Daiwa. I was a long-time Shimano guy, and I'm so impressed with their new reels. The Daiwa Tatulas and Zillions fish flawlessly. And, you know, as a, as a professional angler, when we're out there on the field, I mean, we fish hard, and we really, really rely on our tools. And those Tatula reels have not skipped a beat for me in the last two and a half seasons. So really impressed with their new product. Sunline, uh, great fishing fluorocarbon line. They have great braid that I've been fishing. I'm a big braid fish, fisherman, so I can contest to that. Um, reaction Innovation, of course, the skinny dippers really helped contribute to my success at this event. Bastronics, custom-made rigs. Um, Voss Weights, Chad and Bob Voss, appreciate their support. And, um, gosh, man, I don't know if I'm forgetting anybody else, but I can tell you, I do appreciate all my friends and family, both Facebook friends and friends out on the circuit that have had my back from day one. You know, Rick Grover at Angler's Marine, those guys have been my family for 13 and a half years, and, you know, great group of guys. But, you know, I'm now with Cabela's in Glendale, and uh, I tell you, they have made my transition to Arizona so much easier. Steve Molinari and all the crew there have been great. Um, You know, it just... uh, I've just been truly blessed over the years. I really have. Well, Molinari has hey. been a fisherman, too, so he, he understands. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Joe. Are, yes. So, so I, I was looking at your Facebook posts and stuff. So are you a Californian or are you a local Arizona boy now? <laughs> well, now I'm a local Arizona. I reside in Su- Surprise, Arizona. I know Ron Lappin likes to mention it as Sunrise, but it's actually Surprise, Arizona. It's the <laughs> west side of Phoenix. I'm about 25 minutes from Lake Pleasant. And I work at the Cabela's there in Glendale and uh, still sell Ranger boats, Luma Craft boats, Lobos. And uh, I tell you, those guys have been great there at Cabela's. Um, Steve Molinari is my sales manager, uh, understands tournament fishing because he's a tournament fisherman himself. They've given me plenty of time to go out and fish and do what I love to do because it, uh, it helps our business. Uh, being a retail boat salesman, uh, being out on the water there and interacting with a lot of potential customers and prospects really gives us the maximum amount of opportunity to help sell and help our customers. Right. Hey, Joe, before we let you go, because I know you're trying to get home, uh, the end of the tournament came. You know, we've known you. We've known your dad, family for a long time. Your dad mm-hmm. has stuck behind you. Was there any special words that you guys shared or anything else like that that was just really poignant to the time? Well, just being able to go out there and, and, and practice with my dad, because him and I really don't get a fish a lot, uh, to get an opportunity to fish a lot together anymore, because, you know, I'm always traveling when I do fish. I'm, you know, traveling all the time. So to go there and fish with him, and actually, I was boatless. I'll be honest with you. I've been boatless. I was boatless since November, uh, waiting on my new Ranger to be built, and uh, knew, knowing it wasn't going to come in until pretty much the week before the event. So I went up and fished with him and his boat, and we just had a great time fishing together. He really helped dial me in, and uh, he's just a great guy. I mean, his, he's just, he is an engineer by trade, 
retired now, but that guy is always tinkering with baits and modifying this and that. His, it's just incredible to see him at work and uh, to be able to go out there and, and fish and, and catch them like that together is great. And then to practice with my sister and, and have her help dial me in. And, and I mean, if, if it wasn't for them, I don't think I would have won the event, I'll be honest. All right. Well, Joe, we want to congratulate you on behalf of all of Southern California that uh, is listening, and we wish you thank luck you. with the next big event coming up at the Delta. And I can't thank you enough for spending the time, especially I know it's been a busy week for you. You're trying to get home and everything. Uh, you stopped long enough so that we could stay uh, within cell range and get a great interview with you. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate you guys. It was great talking with you, Stan and Wendy and everyone there, and God bless. Joey, right. God bless do, you, do you and say things. hello to your family for us. Two things, yeah, Joey. Tell your yeah. dad I said hi, and, and call 800-BASSBOAT. Get a hold of me during the week. I want to chat a little bit, buddy. All right, guys. All right. Sounds great. All right. All right. Take Joe, you, thank you very much. Joe Uribe, he's the winner of the 2015 Rayovac FLW Western Series at Lake Have. And we too still have Tony Souza with us. Tony, you won the uh, the 2015 uh, San Diego Anglers Bay Bass Open. Who are the people you have to thank for making that possible? Of course, I'd like to thank all the sponsors, uh, San Diego Anglers. You know, it's a great club, family-oriented, kids Wives, everybody, everybody's all good people there. And Ballast Point, Fisherman's Landing, you, John, of course, and uh, everybody that's sponsored. All right, great club. I can't thank you enough for being with us. Next year, is it going to be out of kayak again, or are you getting that boat fixed? I'm going to get that boat fixed. We'll see. (laughs) I'll let you know. I'll hey, let you know. <laughs> Stan and Wendy, that's it for tonight. Thanks a lot. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you for your contribution. Wendy, I hope you got a puppy who's, uh, whose paw is going to be healing in a hurry. Thank you. All right. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. And we appreciate you listening to Rod Real Radio, you know. Uh, we want to thank our guest, Joe Uribe, uh, Tony uh, Souza, and also uh, John Boss. Also want to thank, uh, you know, JR up in the uh, L.A. studios. JR, thanks for pushing all the buttons. If you notice, that uh, segment with Joe was uh, a little bit long, so I want to also thank Stan because he gave up his commercial time to be with us uh, and let us uh, interview uh, uh, Joe. Also want to thank Ben Harvey for helping us get the commercials together and everything. And guys, always, always in memory of Big Tuna Bill. He's the guy that started this all. Got Wendy, Stan, and I in this. You guys have a great fishing week. It's going to be a great uh, uh, winter week to fish. The weather's going to be better. If you can get on board a half-day, three-quarter-day boat or get a hold of one of those one-and-a-half-day boats, go over to the Cortez Bank or go down to Colinet, you got to do it. It doesn't get any better than it's getting right now. So on behalf of everybody at Rod Real Radio, you all stay safe. Have a great weekend. We look forward to talking to you next Sunday night starting at 5.05 on AM 540 or at com. If you missed any of this or the past shows, just go to RodRealRadio.com. Hit the archive page button. You can scroll down and uh, all the interviews are right there for you. So on behalf of all of us, thank you for listening. You guys stay safe. We'll see you on the water for now. We're out.
Oh, 